Welcome to City Life Church, and this is our podcast. This is Pastor Dave Diefendorf, and we are so honored to have you join us today. Our passion is to help you discover who God is, grow in the likeness of Jesus, and lead well in this generation. I hope in this message, God will meet you where you're at and take you to the next level in your connection with Him and His kingdom. Enjoy the message. Acts 10, uh, let's, let's catch up here to 10. So um, Acts really is a book written uh, for us to give us, wow, uh, to give us a, a picture, a model of what living life for Jesus, what following Jesus, what that life looks like. Uh, and um, I'll give an analogy in a, uh, a little later, but um, a lot of times through time, we can lose uh, a lot. And I think we have, and I think the American church has. And so I, I think that it's really important for us to just really look. Well, yeah, I'll take that. Um, I think we're going to just, uh, we're going to look, we're going to look at these things. And I just want us to, uh, wow, I'm just going to pray. Wow. How about that? Uh, Lord Jesus, we just uh, give this time to you. Thanks. All right. Amen. Uh, Lord, we just, uh, we give this time to you. God, we just, we came here to hear from you. God, we didn't come here to get entertained. God, we want your Holy Spirit to speak to us clearly this morning. And Lord, we just thank you. God, wherever we're at with you, God, our hearts are leaning in. God, we wouldn't have come here if our hearts aren't leaning in. And so, Lord, I rejoice in that. We rejoice in that. God, we recognize that. But God, I pray this morning, God, that you would honor that lean. God, and speak to our hearts in a way that we know it's you speaking, not a human. God, open up our eyes. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so... Um, Acts starts with uh, Jesus ministering to his disciples after he resurrected. Uh, he ascends, and then 50 days later at Pentecost in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit comes. And it was something that John the Baptist um, said, hey, here's one who's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, um, man, I'm, I, I need to go so I can give you my Holy Spirit. This promised Holy Spirit that would uh, empower the church to be what she needs to be uh, in the world in which we live. And so in Acts 2, there's a powerful happening uh, with the Holy Spirit, But Jesus, because Jesus said, don't go anywhere until you receive power from me. Uh, and then be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria, and to the end, ends of the world. And in Acts 10, we've kind of gotten to, uh, we've gotten beyond Samaria, so as Acts progresses, you see this increase of the disciples moving and shaking kind of the area. And it goes from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and Caesarea is just outside that kind of scope of land. And so the church has grown mightily. And so we're going to pick up in uh, Acts 10 verse 1. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion a Roman centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort. He was a devout man who feared God with all his household. He gave alms generously to the people and prayed continually to God. Man, 
That's shocking. Up until this point, the gospel has only been going to the Jewish people. This is really the first time that uh, Luke brings up this uh, Cornelius, this Roman centurion, this non-Jewish person. And he is a devout man, fearing God. So whether he uh, was a Roman uh, that empathized with the Jews or, or worshipped the Jewish God, Yahweh, uh, we don't really know his affiliation if he was a fully, if he had been baptized uh, Jewish, um, but it doesn't give us any detail. But here's this devout man who feared God. And it says, about the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius. And he stared at him in terror and said, what is it, Lord? And he said to him, your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and bring one Simon who is called Peter. He is lodging with one Simon, another Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. Joppa was just down the coast from Caesarea. It says, when the angel spoke to him and departed, he called two of his servants and a devout soldier from among those who attended him. And having related everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. Here's this Cornelius, he has a dream. This angel comes to him um, and speaks to him, guides him, directs him. So he sends these servants. Okay, verse 9 says, The next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the ninth hour to pray, or sixth hour. And he became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance. And saw the heavens opened and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals, reptiles, birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said, by no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. So um, on this magic carpet of food that came in his vision... Um, a lot of the food that was on this uh, sheet was not permissed to eat in the Old Testament. But here, Jesus is trying, or God's trying to get into Peter. Now, um, Peter really had a hard time with the gospel going to the Gentiles. Um, later on, Paul even mentions this. He, he, he rebukes Peter because uh, when the Gentiles and the Jews were eating, Peter would uh, move over and kind of eat with the Jews. So this was a little bit of a struggle, I think, in Peter's life of the gospel going to somebody I don't want to. The gospel going to people that um, were enslaved under. Like our Jewish people are not free in this Roman society. We are being ruled and dominated by the Roman power. I, so in a sense, there was a prejudice in, P, in Peter's heart about the Gentiles. And this is, a, this is a powerful vision that God gives Peter. Hey, the thing that you think is unconscionable to do because of Christ and his ultimate sacrifice, you can now eat. And uh, it really racked, I think it really racked, it happened three times. It says, the voice came to him and said a second time, what God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times and the thing was taken up at once to heaven. So he has this, so here's this Cornelius, this Roman soldier. Man, he, he has a vision, a dream. 
And then here's Peter in a totally different city has another dream. God is trying to prepare Peter's heart to go into this Roman centurion's house and bring the gospel. And so he needed to get Peter prepared. And that's a, a little side note is a lot of times God, when God does something in our life in the, now, it's so that he can prepare us for the next thing that he has for us. So it's really important that we respond like Peter when we hear God, you know, prompting our heart and obeying that. So um, long story short is that um, Peter gets this vision. These travelers from Caesarea, from this Roman centurion, meet Peter, tell him the story of what happened with their, uh, their Roman centurion master. Kind of, and uh, Peter agrees to go. And he, Peter brings a little entourage with him, uh, some friends, and they go visit Cornelius' house in Caesarea. So they, they travel up there, and we'll pick up in verse 34. So, so Peter opened his mouth. He's there in front of him. Now, Cornelius had assembled not just his own family, but he had assembled as many people as he could because Peter was coming. He had this angelic vision. And the dude that the angel said to go get, he's on his way. And so he gets a lot of people to come into his house, and they're there waiting for Peter to speak. And so Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly, I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee, after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in this country to the Jews and in Jerusalem. He put to death, he, they put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and made him appear, not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. Jesus is judge. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Man, so, so Peter's preaching. He's given the gospel. These guys, uh, may, may, many of them probably in the room, may not have known kind of a, the whole Jewish story. And so, anyway, Peter's preaching the gospel about the power of Jesus. And then in verse 44, it says, while Peter was still saying these things, so while he was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles, for they were hearing them speak in tongues and extolling God. And after then Peter declared, can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? So the same thing that happened in Acts 2 to all these Jewish disciples of Jesus, the same thing happens to this, in this house of Cornelius. Peter's preaching the Holy Spirit's like, Peter, step aside, I'm taking over. And the Holy Spirit fell. And the people in the room were filled with the Holy Spirit in the same way in Acts 2. And so they're saying, hey, well, what would prevent them from getting water baptized? 
And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus. And then they asked him to remain for some days. And so Peter stays there for a few days and teaches them, coaches them, trains them in being a, being a disciple of Jesus. But this house was hungry. Cornelius was hungry. It's interesting. Uh, there's, there's just something about Cornelius' heart that he was willing to do anything. I mean, an angel comes to him. So, you know, if an angel came to you, any angel, anyway. But he, he's so hungry. And I think that there's, there's, as I was reading this, it was just like, man, that room was so leaned in to want God's truth. They wanted God's word. They're like, man, we just want to hear God's truth, God's word. And there was a hunger in this whole room. And then the Holy Spirit responds to that lean-in. And he gives them the gift of his Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit was, I grew up in church a little bit, mostly. Uh, most weekends, my dad loved playing tennis on Sunday, so he rarely went. But um, my mom and I would go. And, uh, you know, my, my, my kind of takeaway from growing up in church was Jesus came to die for my sins so I can go to heaven one day. That was the entire summary of everything I learned for, you know, 18 years. That was the entire summary. And, but in high school, I, the guy that I was having a Bible study with, um, the guy that I was having a Bible study with freshman year in high school, he was a junior, so I kind of looked up to him. Uh, but he was also, I, was, I played lacrosse. He was also on the lacrosse team and um, really looked up to him. And then one time my parents went away for a weekend and I invited the lacrosse team over to my house. And um, my guy, the guy that I looked up to brought his two-foot bong into my house to smoke some weed. And uh, I was just like, oh, man, I know that's not right. But I didn't know you could do that. You could go to Bible study and smoke weed? Like, come on, I like that. I like that a lot. So that's why I, I just lived kind of a dual life all in high school. And kind of playing the religious game and being kind of the, the nice kid to certain people. And then just being myself with all my best friends. And this kind of dual life began to emerge. And then in college, uh, a guy that I was rooming with gets radically born again. For Jesus. And he was kind of a religious kid too. Um, but this dude, like, overnight was a different guy. And, uh, and he was a guy that loved preaching to everybody. <laughs> and I wasn't like that. It's kind of maybe still not like it, but he would just preach. I mean, he'd just preach every time, every. And um, so at the end of the first year, uh, we end up in the dining room, dining hall together uh, alone. And I was studying for my finals. And here, here comes my buddy. And I'm like, oh no, he's gonna talk to me about Jesus. I was looking for anybody to like come rescue me. I was like, man, is there anybody that could just come sit and I could just keep studying and he could talk to that other guy. But no, the guy just came in and started talking. And of course, just starts going right to the jugular. And uh, he goes, man, the way you're living your life is dishonoring the cross and gospel of Jesus Christ. Either get right with him or stop saying you're a Christian. And I was like, what? My religious kid, my nice Christian kind of experience, I hadn't had anybody speak direct truth to me. And isn't that interesting? 
You can kind of grow up in church and never have someone speak direct truth to you. Hmm, Lord, help us. That racked my brain. It exploded my world. My duplicity, my hypocrisy was exposed. I felt like to the world, but he could see it so clearly. And it took me about a month to kind of process that whole thing. And over the summer, just alone in my room, I just said, God, I've given you excuse. Why not to serve you my whole life? God, I give you everything ahead. Just take it, do with whatever you want. It's your life. And I woke up feeling like a different person. And so I started growing, read the, oh man, I couldn't get enough of the Bible. I think I read the whole New Testament in like two months, just was eating it up. And then I went back to school and my roommate, intense, super preacher buddy was there and he kept pressing me. And I'm like, dude, I'm saved now, bro. Like, stop it. He goes, no, you got to keep growing, bro. You got to keep growing. I'm like, come on, dude. And again, because my whole summary was, this is what Jesus came to do. I got the reward. I'm good. So let's just move on to somebody else. And it, and it was just like, God was just like, no, I'm growing you up. And he kept talking to me about the power of the Holy Spirit, the need of the Holy Spirit to operate in power. And that Jesus, and as I'm reading Acts, I'm like, man, that'd be nice. You know, kind of living the way the disciples did. And I'm a disciple in the 21st century. Man, that looks a lot different. But the question is, is should it? I would say no. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, he speaks. There's, there's some qualities about the Holy Spirit that we all have to have in our life. If you're a follower of Jesus, at that time that you repented and you're like, God, I'm living for you, your Lord, your leader of my life, God puts his Holy Spirit in there. But it's as if God puts a deposit in your bank of a million dollars, but you don't even know that it's there and you're not taking any withdrawals out. Does that make sense? So you have the Holy Spirit if you're a follower of Jesus. But most people never check their bank account to see in the Spirit how much is there. And it's a lot more than you think it is. And so um, what are some qualities of the Holy Spirit? He speaks. He speaks. If you're a follower, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. If you're a follower of Jesus, you should be hearing God's voice in your life. Sometimes we kind of reduce Jesus down to like, I agree to a certain set of principles and sweet, that's it. That's not following Jesus. <laughs> that's mentally assenting to a certain set of truths. But actually following Jesus, it's about learning how to incorporate your entire life and world into doing what he made you to do. And God guides us and uh, he speaks to us and we listen. Another thing is he counsels. The scriptures say that uh, he, is, he is the counselor. And the Holy Spirit at times, you know, how many times in our life do we get worried about things? How many times in our life are we, are we so nervous about the, the unknown of the future? Um, there's so many things that circumstances in our life, relationships that we're involved in, the, the difficulties of kind of all the things that go around our life. Here's this Holy Spirit to counsel you. 
He's more involved in your life than you think he is. He knows about all the drama in your life. And he wants to come and counsel you to learn to teach you how to navigate circumstances, navigate relationships, grow you up. Holy Spirit is a counselor. Another thing is the Holy Spirit empowers. That's why Jesus said to stay in Jerusalem until you receive power so that you can be my witnesses. He empowers, and uh, Ephesians 5 gives an amazing list uh, of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. You know, we kind of come into the kingdom with a certain experience or recognition of what love is. Usually it's conditional, because that's mostly what we've experienced. So we love and a certain level of joy and a certain level of peace, but when we come into the kingdom, the Holy Spirit wants to give you supernatural love, supernatural joy. It's not just human kind of emotion. It is God wants to bestow these fruits not only onto you, but through you to others, walking in the life of the kingdom. And so there's fruits of, these, of the Holy Spirit. But there's also gifts of the Holy Spirit. And as a follower of Jesus, and that's in 1 Corinthians, there's a couple lists, but there's 1 Corinthians 12 is a good one. Lists of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And as a follower of Jesus, if we're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, we should have both the fruits and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But to me, in my kind of like, well, it, you know, just be nice and go to church the Holy Spirit just was not involved in any of that in my, in my mind. But finally, when my, when my, my buddy just kind of kept at it, I'm just almost every weekend, because I, I was trying to follow the Lord, wouldn't go out on the weekend. So I picked up a guitar and picked up a little songbook and tried to learn how to play guitar and so he'd knock on my door on Friday night at like 11, knowing I was there. He's like, hey, champ, what's going on, man? Hey, man, did you get the Holy Spirit yet? I'm like, bro, I got, I mean, come on. I just, there were so many arguments. I was like, dude, I just need me and Jesus. That's all I need. And he's like, bro, you're not walking in the way that God designed you to walk. There's more of God that you have yet to experience. Well, I was so frustrated one night. I was there's a party going on in the basement, big bass, boom, boom, boom. I, he comes in my room, having another conversation. I was like, "Fine, we're doing this. I'm done arguing. If the Holy Spirit's real, He's going to show up, and I trust Him to do that. But I'm done arguing. So let's pray." <laughs> and he prays, and we pray, and almost immediately, it was like I felt like oil. Inside my soul, it was from the, it started at the top of my, and it happens different for everybody. So I won't go into the fine details of my experience, but it was like I could, the, the sense of the Holy Spirit coming alive in my life. Like I had first, I had, it was in there when I got, but I took out my first withdrawal in prayer with the Holy Spirit. And it changed my life. And I started living in such a way over the next few months where I was looking at the book of Acts, and I'm like, yeah, I've experienced that. I've experienced that. Man, that's cool. I experienced that. The thing, the thing that, in my opinion, I think that God wants you to experience all the fruits of the Holy Spirit in your life. Love, joy. He wants you to experience all of them, not just one or two, 
but all of them in your life. In the same way, God wants you to experience and operate in all the gifts of the Holy Spirit through your life. It's not just, hey, I got this little one little gift. I got this nice little gift. It's no. In the need of the moment, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will function through you in whatever way he wants. Not our predetermined, well, this is my little gift. This is what I give. It's like, no, stay open. And so as I've grown in the Lord, as I've followed Jesus over the past 25 years, I mean, I could, I could literally go through every one and say, yeah, I got a story there. Yeah, I got a story there. Yeah, I got a story there. It's in our kind of like Western Greek thinking. We kind of break everything down into its finest little parts and finest little details and try to understand it. But the Holy Spirit doesn't function that way. And a lot of times when we try to break it down, we miss things. We miss the forest from the trees. So where are we at? Where are we at with the Lord? Where are we at with him being in charge and him, and him moving in power in our life? And um, I don't know why, as I was preparing for this, these, these images came up from the past, and I, I haven't um, talked about them in a while, but it, it's actually a great way to assess like where our heart's at. Where is our heart at with the Lord? And um, you could take kind of this first picture Oh, he empowers and then he directs and leads. Amen. He directs and leads us. Part of the council, part of him speaking. Yeah, anyway, I needed a fourth point. So, all right, go to the next slide. So, um, here's kind of a description of a person. Um, you've kind of got the throne of his heart. That's kind of who's, who's his governor, who's his mayor, who's his president. And this guy, the natural man, his self would be on the throne. And Christ, of course, would be kind of at it. And all the kind of dots are the issues of life, relationships, things going on, usually pretty chaotic. And this is kind of how we naturally are. This is how everyone is without Christ. And that Christ is outside, and, and we're just trying to live life with ourself on the throne, and we're trying to manage the issues of life. Uh, this is kind of how we naturally are. But there's another type of person, a follower of Jesus, who has... Uh, flipped. They, they put Jesus on the throne. When you repent and you're like, man, God, I've been, I've been leader of my life so far, and I know that I've done a very poor job. I want you in charge. Jesus is on the throne. I'm serving at the foot of Jesus in my life. And he begins to order those things. He begins to bring his order into our chaos. And that's what God does. It's not easy. It's a little bit of a fight. You start waking up that you are in a battle and that there is an enemy that wants your soul. But here's Jesus. He's in charge. He's got more power over that enemy. Amen. So, but there's kind of a third category of people. And it's this. It's where we've been kind of invited Jesus into our life, but we are still in charge. That's what you would call maybe a carnal Christian. Or, I mean, you could, you could probably argue, is that person even right before the Lord? Maybe. It's dicey. I can't say definitively. But this is how I think most American Christians live, is this. Is I'm still in charge, I'm still Lord, 
I still get to decide. I get to just do whatever I, but I'll get to be nice and go to church on Sunday and kind of do the Christian thing because I got Jesus in my life. And I want Jesus in my life to help me order those things. That's really, that's why I asked him is because my life was kind of falling apart. And so I just need him to kind of order those things. And so we kind of treat Jesus as kind of like the cosmic Santa of like, God, this is what I really would like in my life. Could you do that in my life? And we sometimes can get frustrated as to like, man, where are you, God? And, you're, and he's just like, I'm waiting for you to step off the throne in order for me to begin to do my work in your life. But I need to be in charge because there's certain things that I have wisdom over your life that's beyond your years, and I need you to trust me. Am I not a God that has demonstrated that I am trustworthy? I think he is. This is Jesus' new normal in the kingdom, the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, I heard a story that I thought was really interesting uh, just a couple days ago, and uh, so I may butcher it, but I uh, heard a story of there was a guy that hired some, a construction crew to do some work on his house, and uh, he wasn't really the best fix-it guy, but he wanted to kind of help. I don't know if it was to kind of save money or he just kind of wanted to help the construction team. And so if you're on a construction team, you know that if a client tries to get involved in your work, you're like, bro, stay out, you know? So, um, but the, the guy was real nice. And so they're like, okay, uh, we'll give you a job to do. So they gave him a job to cut boards eight feet long. We're like, we need a hundred boards, eight feet long. If you could just cut them. I, I, that's, I'm going to change the story. Let's just say six feet. Cause I know boards come in eight feet and you just buy them eight feet. But anyway, so let's just say six feet. All right, here's your job. You got, you got to cut these boards six feet long, a hundred of them. So that was taken that, that got the guy just kind of out of their hair. Well, this guy didn't, again, he didn't really know much about construction. And so he takes the measuring tape and he measures six foot and he cuts that right at six foot. But um, and st- then he took the next board and he used, instead of the tape measure, he used the board to be his measure. Hey, this is my six foot board. And so I'm going to use my six foot board to cut the next piece. And so he cuts the next piece and he puts that first piece off to the side and he uses the second piece as his measure again. Again, that's six feet, right? And so cut after cut after cut after a hundred cuts, these boards are like seven and a half feet long (laughs) because he was using the previous model of what is six foot. And after a while, the standard got completely lost. And he thought he was just tracking away. Six foot, I'm cutting six foot. And that's sometimes how it is in the kingdom. You and I, from a previous generation, inherited a certain board. And we begin to realize, oh my gosh, that board is off the mark. That board doesn't meet the standard. And so we've got to get back to the standard. There's this verse in the Old Testament that says, when the enemy comes in like a flood... The Lord raises up a standard. And that's what's happening in our culture. (laughs) When chaos, when the enemy, God raises up a standard. And I think that that's what God's doing in this generation, is raising up a standard of going back 
not trying to get the next iteration of Christianity as we keep progressing. Because the more we do that, the more we fall into deception, the more we lose kind of the central truths of the gospel. Isaiah 59, it's not up there, but it says, when the enemy or adversary shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard against him. And you and I are that standard. And so I feel like God just really wanted to just lay out a little call on us. It's like, if we're going to follow Jesus, follow Jesus. Put him on the throne. Let him be in charge. And this adventure that God wants to bring you in with this Holy Spirit to speak to you, to counsel you, to guide you, to comfort you, to encourage you, to challenge you, to empower you, to guide and lead. I feel like there's so much more in our heart and relationship with the Holy Spirit than we give time or place for. And so really, that's what I just wanted to pray is that we would, and everyone here, our hearts are leaning in. You wouldn't have shown up if it wasn't. But that we would actually say, God, would you honor that lean in and God, fill me with your Holy Spirit afresh. God, if I've never been filled with your Holy Spirit, if I've never gotten that first withdrawal, God, I pray that today or God, soon in this next week, God, that you would come in such a way that I would be forever changed. And if there's some of us, we may have grown up in church and we kind of inherited that particular board. God, I pray that our familiarity with that standard, God, would fall away. And uh, that God would restore this, like, just following Jesus, disciple filled with power, humbly serving people that are different than them, that are not like them, that get in their world, that bring God's love and life and perspective I think a lot of people need that. And I, and I pray that our love for people, in, as we ask for more of the Holy Spirit, that our love for people would grow exponentially through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Let's pray. God, we just thank you for this story of Peter going to a group of people that, God, he was uncomfortable with. He didn't really know. But, God, he obeyed. He faithfully obeyed where you were leading him. And God, power, your power fell on these people because there was a room filled with just hungry hearts. And God, that's my prayer for us. God, that your Holy Spirit would fill us. God, would move through us. God, in a way that, that our religious boxes would just get exploded. Father, we want the real thing. God, we don't want concepts. We just want you. And so, Father, I pray that, Lord, this week there would be a breakthrough in your Holy Spirit in our lives. God, that we would maybe hear your voice for the first time. God, maybe just like Cornelius or Peter, maybe having a dream or a vision as we walk uh, or sleep this week. God, I pray that you would increase the expectation that we have of you moving in and through our lives. God, increase the expectation of what you can do in our nation at this time. Father, I pray that, Lord, through the power of your Holy Spirit, God, moving through your church, not just this church, but your big C church, God, as you're raising up a standard. God, you are purging your church with uh, those that have been 
duplicitous or that are, that are buying into so much of the world ideology. But God, we thank you for the anchor of your word, the anchor of your Holy Spirit in our life to guide and lead. Lord, I pray that you would increase our love for people. God, increase our love for people. Father, our culture has trained us, integrated us, manipulated us to be so self-centered, buying into our own self-love. God, we love ourselves. A lot of people love themselves too much. Jesus, I pray that we'd get our eyes off of our own stuff. And God, get our eyes onto people that need you. And uh, Lord, if there's any of us here that, God, we're, we're one of those people. <laughs> we're like, God, I need you more. Let's just pray for that. Lord, Jesus, I give you my whole life. God, I just want you. And Lord, I just put aside my sin, put aside my dreams, my expectations. And God, I give you my life. I want you to be on that throne. I want you to be in charge. And right now, I give you that place. I make a decision right now to give you that place in my life. God, teach me and train me. Help me be a follower of Jesus. And let me honor you with my life. Let me honor you with my imagination and my thoughts and my heart. Father, I thank you for the calling and gifts in this room. Lord, I pray that, Lord, we begin to see the gifts and callings in this place of just how excited you are to move and shake and operate through us to see so many other people touched and loved by your gospel and Jesus alone. Because, God, it's only in you that we're made whole and redeemed. So, Lord, we just thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we hope this message has inspired you and challenged you to be the man or woman he's called you to be now and to see his kingdom grow in every area and arena of life. God is with you more than you know. For more information about our community here in Kansas City, please visit us online at citylifekc.org and we'll see you next time on the City Life Podcast.